0: This is the Frog for Life podcast. I'm your host, Rob Berline.
1: There's no question that, that added dimension, mention, along with my engineering degree, having that business perspective, legal perspective, and all the courses that I elected at TCU in that area were directly helpful to me. Uh, immediately on the job, but also long-term. I mean, there's no way I could have been president of General Dynamics, or been a senior executive in the Department of Defense, without the uh, classes, the business classes, and the MBA that I received at TCU.
0: There's the voice of Gordon England, who received his MBA from TCU in 1975. Gordon went on to have a successful career at General Dynamics and Lockheed Martin, and eventually served as Secretary of the Navy and Deputy Secretary of Defense for the United States government. Gordon took a bit of a circuitous route to come to TCU. He grew up in Baltimore, Maryland, and then received his undergraduate degree from the University of Maryland, followed that up by going to Syracuse, New York, a time in Florida, and then Fort Worth.
1: When I graduated from University of Maryland, I actually went to Syracuse, New York, And I was in Syracuse, New York with General Electric Light Military. No longer exists. They were consolidated a long time ago. But I was there a year in Syracuse. First year I was there, it snowed 120-some inches. And I decided Syracuse was not for me. So after a year, by then I was married. My wife and I decided uh, we would move to Florida. So Syracuse, New York, cold winters. 120-some inches of snow. We were Florida-bound, and I went to Florida with Honeywell on the Gemini space program. So my first, I would say, real engineering job, that is one that lasted a while, was in Florida with Honeywell on Gemini. And Gemini was the first time the United States actually had men in space orbiting the Earth So it was a lot of firsts. It was a very, very exciting time for a very young engineer, young family. That ran out. That is, the program ended about 1966. We did not have a following space program at Honeywell. So then my wife and I decided we would stay in the South. General Dynamics was hiring in Fort Worth, Texas. Neither of us had ever been in Fort Worth or even in Texas. Sound like a wonderful place to live. So we uh, we moved to Fort Worth, Texas, as an engineer on the uh, first F one eleven, then the F sixteen program.
0: Okay, and so after going from Maryland to the snowbound Syracuse, down to Florida, you you come west to Fort Worth, and, and was the uh, was the impression of once you got here kind of what you you thought it would be, or, or were you surprised by what you saw?
1: Well, the first surprise was the first night we were here. We stayed at a a motel on Camp Billy. Again, it's no longer there a long time ago, 1966. The first night we were in town, we didn't know we were right next to Carswell Air Force Base, right at the end of the runway. So the very first night, the uh, KC-135 refuelers took off. Uh, The B-52s took off. Uh, we had no idea what that was in the middle of the night. It was like a freight train coming through the front door. So we immediately got acclimated to living on the west side of Fort Worth the very first night we were in town, not knowing that we were, that we were at the end of a runway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> After that, it was easy. <laughs> I guess. What's, what you realize you're not going to get flown into, everything else is relatively easy by uh, comparison.
1: No, I mean, it was literally, we thought it was a freight train coming through the front door because they're very low. Uh, Of course, people now have no realization, no memory of that, but um, the B-52s and the KC-135s, when they were fully loaded, they were very, very low going over the west side of Fort Worth, particularly at the end of that runway.
0: Gordon progressed during his career at General Dynamics, but he knew in order to keep moving up, he would need to receive further education, So he chose TCU to come get his MBA.
1: Yes, I I came uh, to General Dynamics 1966. Uh, by then, I had some years of experience as an engineer at General Dynamics. I was starting to move into quasi-engineering management positions. It became obvious to me that I needed some knowledge in areas that I did not have, particularly in finance, human relations, etc. So I decided then that I would pursue an MBA program, uh, but I needed to do it at night because I was working. I had a family, all the associated bills, etc., so I enrolled uh, evenings at TCU, but before I could go in the MBA program, I had to take, Rob, as I recall, about 30 hours of undergraduate. Hmm. Had to take some classes in law, some classes in finance, you know, across the board business type classes before I could enter the MBA program. Hmm. So I think when I ended at TCU, I'm not sure, but I, but as I recall, when I finally graduated from TCU with an MBA degree, I, I believe I had about 60 hours of credits at evening hours at TCU.
0: And so were all your, even your undergraduate courses, were those all at night as well?
1: Yes. Everything every was night because I was working during the day. And as this progressed, by the way, I was traveling more. You know, as I got into more responsible positions at General Dynamics, I started doing more travel. So it it was it was hard, frankly, particularly near the end when I was actually in my MBA uh, courses, because of course they were they were more strenuous and you know they required a lot more activity. Uh, One comment about this, though, Rob, I I never actually went to TCU to get an MBA. I mean, I did go to get an MBA, but. But it wasn't so much getting the NBA as I needed the knowledge. Mm-hmm. So when I when I took those courses, I mean, I drained every professor of everything I could possibly learn because I needed that information to do the job and to move ahead at Journal Dynamics.
0: And so, what was your impression of TCU aside from just attending the classes? I know you you had to do it at night, so you probably didn't get to see a whole lot of. Uh, daytime events or things like that. but did you were you able to form an impression aside from you know just the the knowledge you were gaining? Well,
1: uh, first of all, it was evening, so I did not have, quote, a typical TCU experience, that is, go to classes, form lots of relationships. The relationships were people like myself also going to school at night working during the day. So it was primarily class oriented. I mean, there were very, very little social. What about going to football games, et cetera? I had a family at home. So I would uh, typically, on my MBA, when I was taking evening classes, after work, I would go to TCU, take classes. Then after class, I would go to the library, and I would stay there until the library closed and actually do work, homework, et cetera, learning. Uh, go home, go to bed, get up and go to work and do the same thing the next day. So those, they were pretty uh, intense times. I mean, I was impressed, obviously, with the professors, with the physical plan. Uh, but I didn't have a typical TCU social life that many students who go full-time experience.
0: And so after you received your MBA, you continued to work at General Dynamic and moved up the ladder and then eventually Lockheed, so can you talk about your professional experience with, with General Dynamics, and, and then once it transitioned into Lockheed? Yes.
1: Yeah, so I, um, again, it was a little bit of a convoluted path, Rob. Um, I became, I mean, my background is electrical engineering. Uh, after I received my degree in 75, uh, early 80s, I became director of avionics, so that's the electronics that go in the airplane primarily then s 16 that was early in the airplane, so I had a lot of experience putting together, designing, developing the avionics, electronics for the F-16 airplane. And in 1986, uh, the company, the corporation, asked if I would move to Michigan. Again, my wife and I had never been in Michigan. But I went to Michigan as Vice President of Engineering for a company that General Dynamics had bought from Chrysler Corporation. It was a ground combat systems, primarily Army vehicles, M1 Abrams tank. But the company wanted to diversify the business. They did not want it to just be heavy welding, developing tanks. They wanted to be a much broader, diversified defense company. So that was my charter to go to Land Systems, diversify the company. In 1991, I was named president of Land Systems. But after about six months at Land Systems, the company asked if I would return to Fort Worth as president of the Fort Worth Company. So in 1991, I came back to Fort Worth as president of Fort Worth Company. So started in 1966 at General Dynamics Fort Worth. One diversion to uh, Michigan for five years, then back to uh, Fort Worth as president of the company.
0: After working in the corporate world for 35 years, Gordon transitioned to the public sector, serving as the Secretary of the Navy beginning in May 2001.
1: So Rob, as president of Fort Worth Company, even before being president of Fort Worth Company, I was fairly active in Washington on various boards and committees. Department of Defense has Defense Science Board, various executives that advise the Department of Defense on various matters, studies, et cetera. That started, frankly, back in the 80s when I was Director of of Avionics. I would participate in various studies, analysis. So I was fairly well-known in the Washington community, by now was a senior executive in the defense sector so I guess it was uh, Bush, when Bush and Al Gore, uh, during that campaign, I was asked, I was actually asked by both parties if I would consider coming into government. And I was near the end of my career. I had always decided that at some point in my career, I would, quote, pay back to the government, pay back to the country. And I'll spend some time in Washington and see what I could contribute. So that. That's what led to um, being asked to serve as Secretary of the Navy by Secretary Rumsfeld.
0: And then you, your transition was a, during a very eventful time in our country. started in 2001, and, and four months later, after you started, I believe was, was 9-11. So how much did that event change what any maybe preconceived expectations of your role and, and what you thought it would be? And then four months later, it's a completely different world.
1: Well, it changed the entire Department of Defense, changed the nation. Uh, Still, I mean, that change is still taking part to place, Rob. When I uh, was confirmed as Secretary of the Navy, it was in May of 2001. And the agenda in Department of Defense then was to uh, try to restructure the Department of Defense, make it more efficient, make it more effective. Uh, try to rebuild the military. There was, a, there was a drawdown in the 90s, quote, the peace dividend. Peace dividend came out solely out of the Department of Defense. The so Department of Defense was, frankly, in a pretty dire straits at that point. And uh, our role was to try to rebuild the Department of Defense, restructure the Department of Defense. Then, of course, 9-11 happened. Uh, that changed everything because we went from restructuring the Department of Defense to basically going on the war footing, mobilizing troops, deploying troops. And, of course, we had a lot, of, uh, a lot of people in combat for a long time after that. So it was a totally different environment after 9-11 than what we had expected, or at least what I expected in May, of 2001
0: So to be fair would it be fair to say that you went from more of a you came in to be kind of an organizational leader and then it kind of the focus had to change to be a combat leader almost
1: Well not a combat leader but at least preparing troops for combat so the way the department of defense is organized service secretaries are responsible to equip and train military forces. The fighting force is actually the responsibility of what we call combatant commanders. So service secretaries do not have, quote, a combat role, but their role is to do everything in support of combat. That is, grow the force, get the funds, build the equipment, train the force, deploy the force, etc. but not actually combat itself, but everything associated with combat to make that possible.
0: And so that probably gives you a very interesting perspective um, when you watch the news these days is to have kind of that insight as to what's going on, you know, behind some of the decisions that you see. Well, it turned out
1: I was there when I went in, Rob, as Secretary of the Navy, my expectation, normally a service secretary serves about two or three years. Uh, Not unusual. They'll serve two years, although, frankly, that's much too short But my expectation was at least a couple years, and of course, no concept that we would be in combat. But of course, once we went into combat, I certainly wasn't going to leave then. Uh, Secretary wanted me to stay. So I was Secretary of the Navy actually twice uh, because of a tragedy. And I was Secretary of the Navy. Then I went with Tom Ridge, and we started the Department of Homeland Security. I was there a year. The person who was Replacing me as secretary of the Navy, uh, tragedy died, so the White House asked if I would go back to the Pentagon, which I did, became secretary of the Navy, confirmed a second time. Then Donald Rumsfeld, after four years, asked if I would be his deputy, so I stayed as the number two person in Department of Defense for two more years under Donald Rumsfeld and then two more years under Bob Gates left in January of 2009 when the new administration came in. So I have eight years of experience in Department of Defense as both uh, service secretary, a, year, a year's experience with Homeland Security and four years as the number two person in Department of Defense. So yes, I have a terrific perspective or at least a perspective. Certainly understand what's going on in Washington And when I was here, a large part of my role, by the way, was dealing with the Congress, House and Senate, so I can understand the dynamics going on in those institutions.
0: And then upon leaving, uh, you've been honored in recent years for both your service at Lockheed and with the Navy. And in 2016, the U.S. Naval Institute announced the creation of the Gordon England Chair of Professional Naval Literature. What did that honor mean to you and how did that come about?
1: So, of course, I was Navy secretary, so I've been very supportive of Navy, Navy, Marine Corps, Naval, Navy, Marine Corps, Coast Guard, Merchant Marine, U.S. Naval Institute. I served on the board, served as chairman of that institution. So they honored me by naming a chair, funded a chair in my honor, which was uh, very much appreciated. Uh, But it it was to recognize my work with the Institute and uh, with the government on behalf of all
0: the men and women who
1: serve and enable services. So it was, it was very much appreciated, Rob.
0: And some other honors you've received include being chosen as the first recipient of the Bob Boland civic leadership award by the Neely school of business here at TCU. And you've been a member of the board of visitors uh, for TCU. So talk about the different experiences you've had, specifically with TCU upon uh, your retirement? Well,
1: I was uh, on the Board of Visitors TCU uh, when I was at Lockheed, I believe early 90s, maybe later. I've sort of lost track of dates now, but I was on Board of Visitors for quite a few years. Uh, enjoyed that immensely, uh, working with uh, TCU, directly with TCU uh, leadership and also with leadership in the community. Uh, TCU obviously has a wonderful reputation the city. Executives and people are just delighted to work with and be part of the TCU community. So that was interesting and exciting to deal with a lot of the civic and business leaders in Fort Worth who are associated with TCU along with uh, the TCU leadership. So that was a, a terrific uh, experience. Bob Bowen and I were very close. Uh, he was absolutely wonderful wonderful person to know uh, leader mayor and directly associ- associated with TCU we maintained our relationship uh, literally until uh, uh, Bob died uh, but I would go visit him at TCU and so that was another wonderful relationship that grew out of my TCU experience
0: you've talked a lot about your your role both in business and in public service so what is your day-to-day life look now? And, and do you miss uh, some of those high stakes and high ranks of General Dynamics, Lockheed, and then your uh, service in the government? So
1: I will tell you, I, I, I frankly don't miss the uh, the corporate. I, I've, I've had enough roles there and I think comfortable. Frankly, I do miss the government. I mean, To be blunt, I'm glad I'm not there. I put in my eight years. They were a long, hard eight years, particularly during all the combat during that period. On the other hand, uh, I do have a lot of experience. I do understand a lot of, uh, I think, the issues. I maintain a very close relationship with Congresswoman uh, Kay Granger and also uh, with the Pretty much the delegation, uh, Roger Williams and John Cornyn, and the various leadership in the state. And to the extent I can be helpful to them, I I still do that. Uh, so I, in in a in a sense, I miss not being able to uh, participate in some of the activities that are going on in Washington now. But on the other hand, um, I was there. I had my time and. Uh, now I'm off doing another thing. So a few of the things I do now, I chair the National Academy of Engineering, which is the National Academy of Engineering is a very uh, unique organization consists of some of the very top engineers in the country and in the world. So that's very stimulating, exciting. We have a similar organization here in Texas called the Texas Academy of Medicine, Engineering and Science of Texas. And uh, I was president of that until just a month or so ago, but I'm still active on the board and in activities with that organization. And I'm still do some uh, activities in Washington. I'm still uh, active with a few small companies. So most of my effort now is with small companies, not large organizations. And like you said, I'm, I'm at my ranch today. I have a small property here out in uh, Eastland County and whenever I get an opportunity, I come here uh, trying to bring the land back, a uh, piece of property I have been deserted for a long time. So trying to bring it all back, bring back the natural grasses. And I have some cattle and some donkeys. And so it's fun to come out.
0: And, and I'll close with this. Looking back, what role do you think your your time at TCU as a student and and as a, a board member of different things, What what role do you think that played in your success both in business and in public office?
1: well i mean the mba was crucial to everything rob there's no question i know now a lot of students get their mba right out of college but i didn't do that i actually had quite a bit of experience when i got my mba so when i was working on my mba i used that what i learned i put to work every day so it was directly helpful to me uh on the job There's no question that that added dimension, along with my engineering degree, having that business perspective, legal perspective and all the courses that I elected at TCU in that area were directly helpful to me uh, immediately on the job, but also long term. I mean, there's no way I could have been president of General Dynamics or been a senior executive in the Department of Defense without the uh, classes, the business classes, and the MBA that I received at TCU. I mean, none of that would have been possible without learning what I learned at TCU.
0: Well, this has been so insightful, and we thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. So, Rob, uh,
1: nice talking to you. Very best to you and all the students, all the faculty, and everyone at TCU. And I'm still delighted to be uh, here in Fort Worth and still associated with the TCU community.
0: Thank you to KTCU and student Jake Hook for the assisting in the editing of this episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Frog for Life podcast. If you or a friend or family member would like to share your story of your life since graduation, please contact us on social media or leave us a comment on our SoundCloud channel. We look forward to sharing the next story of how horned frogs are changing the world.